And with a power at the last, it is a nerveless, it is a faultless performance from 24-year-old Colin Morikawa. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of pros. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the kid MG, Mark Goodwill. Scooty, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm up and about. It's been a massive weekend with the golf on. Colin Morikawa, we heard it in the opener. Our boys on the golf podcast absolutely shot the lights out. Yeah, the office is, uh, office is up and about this week, wasn't it? It was... Uh... It was actually a brutal time to kind of watch watch the golf. Um, it was good the first two days. The time slot was very good. But, uh, yeah, to push through to about, uh, what, 3.34 in the morning. But uh, when you're riding home a good pony, uh, when most people would bet anywhere from about uh, 30 to 40 to 1, yeah. uh, anyone who tuned in for the golf uh, podcast is uh, doing backstrokes through this week. Yeah, it's easy, easy going. And uh, last week we had the uh, the State of Origin too. Poor old top rope. I feel like... <laughs> It's a it's an interesting one. Did we bully him out of the Queensland Plus, or was he just that broken and beaten for them for the first two games that he just crumbled and yeah. fell into the New South Wales minus? Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've only known Top Rope this year. Uh, re- real big fan of Top Rope. It's the first time I've seen him on the back foot this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It might have been a bit of schoolyard bullying, I think, to uh, to get him to switch, and uh, he's ended ended up being on. Uh, the wrong side of it three times in a row, so I think you'll look forward to next year's Origin Series. He's pretty resilient. He uh, he bounced back on the totals, and Melbourne Storm played on the weekend. So yeah, as we say, it's a, an auto bet, and it's a holiday betting account for you, the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, top rope set it up better, better than the bank. He, t- he told me at the start of the year just to set a side fund up, and we'll we'll just call it the Melbourne Storm Holiday Fund. And uh, geez, when COVID lifts, it'll be it'll be a good trip away. Fair bit happening in the AFL world. There's growing uh, there's growing reports that Clarkson and Collingwood are starting to be linked, and I've heard a report that the feud between Graham Wright and Clarkson just needs to disappear. So they must be just trying to throw the ki- kitchen sink at Clarko the Pies. You're listening to your man Gary Lyon for your information, eh? Your mate, your mate. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, there's a lot of rumours going out. The media. Uh, what do they do? Get one in ten, two in ten, maybe. They throw a lot of mud and hope something sticks. Um, there, you know, there's different angles on the story. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, if Clarko isn't at Hawthorne next year, the likelihood uh, another club won't let him go, whether he ends up at Collingwood or Carlton or maybe somewhere else. And Teague, safe at Carlton. Yeah, your man Teague. You had him out. The do- <laughs> you had him out the door a couple of months ago for sure. You know, we put him under the spotlight. He was travelling very ordinary. Um, and then all of a sudden the reviews come in. He's, they're having an easier draw at the moment. Yeah. They're beating up on the bad sides, Carlton. Yeah, and hopefully it continues this week as well. <laughs> You're going to make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, they're winning ugly. We won't say they're winning in style or anything. Geez, they're a brutal watch. Um, but he, he probably has to get W's on the board and he's getting that done. So uh, how close they run to the final eight, they won't be making it. But, uh, yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're showing signs. It looked like Collingwood had concrete boots in the last quarter, didn't they? They just couldn't pick up their feet. It was like me at the end of a 5K run. Yeah, it's amazing the week before. Was it the week before where they kicked seven or eight goals mm. in a quarter? Yeah. And uh, it was the reverse that happened, wasn't it? It was crazy. And, yeah, Carlton Carlton did a Collingwood from the week before. So, uh, yeah, ordinary ordinary standard football game. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it was a brutal watch. Yeah, it was uh, a weekend for the punters. Five out of nine favourites winning and some uh, some high scoring too. I think it was seven, uh, yep. seven out of nine totals covered. And 
you're now in the fan club, the Jake Stringer fan club. You need to uh, no. put yourself in here. You were dancing around the office like a little school school kid. You were very excited when Stringer was kicking goals and the total sailed over. Uh, put yourself in. You got a lot of Essendon mates. You, you, you were pretty happy with him, weren't you? Got a lot of Essendon mates, and unfortunately, <laughs> the, 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 all the family's Essendon as well. So I cheer for Essendon by default, just so I'm uh, in, uh, you know, in a good mood with everyone around me at the moment. But um, no, I had a, had a, we had a good go at the over total. Uh, we tipped it out to the Sting followers, and uh, they uh, duly saluted. And Stringer, yeah, he had a part in it. So he kicked some good goals. His ability to uh, his ability to kick goals is never in question, and he kicked some great goals. Um, it's all the rest of the stuff that uh, I don't buy into for Stringer. And Geelong and Freo opened the round last week, and it was a absolute drubbing. Uh, I think it was like 100 to 31 or, or something like that, but the line was yeah. fascinating. It was at 12 and a half to 2 and a half. Uh, crazy go this. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll cover it shortly in the hits and misses, obviously, that you know, you'll see a few of the uh, the market moves. Um, this one we couldn't explain. Um what did we do? I think we backed at three different stages. Mm. Um, you know, we, we thought that the line was good at around seven. It just kept falling over. And uh, how Geelong got down to minus two and a half. Uh, mis- mystified myself and a few others that we'd spoke to. So um, just kept firing away. So, um, yeah, the Thursday and Friday nights have been pretty good to us over the year, haven't they? Um, unfortunately, the Saturday's been the black hole <laughs> and, uh, and Sunday's been strong. So, um, you know, we're, we're slow learners, but we'll stay out of the Saturdays from now on, I think. Does the Richmond win over the Lions say more about the Tigers or does it say more about the Lions? Because they're starting to look really wobbly with no hip wood. Yeah. What's going on with the Lions? Yeah, they've dropped two poor ones. Um, I, I would say probably I think we know where Richmond are at um, and obviously now they've, they haven't had a good they're week ninth. going forward. Yeah, <laughs> they're ninth, their favourite spot before they started winning flags. Um, yeah, I, I think it says a bit more about Brisbane. You know, that was a big game for them. Um you know, to try and maintain the running for the top two spot. Now it's probably going to be a bit difficult for them. I think they've dropped off. Um, so they, they've got an, a reasonable run home um, and they should be able to get their confidence back up before the finals. But, yeah, it wasn't a good look losing to Richmond who uh, were definitely struggling. They did get up for Jack Rewalt's 300. Um, whether people buy into that or not, it happens. Um, and he played a Perler and... You know, um, you know. Obviously, Martin aside, this week I think you'll see him. Uh, you, you'll see him drop off again. Mm. I tend to agree. I love the way Sydney switched gears against GWS. It was brutal early. I took some of the minor swans, and yeah. I thought, "What have I done driving in the car on the way home?" Torn and the ticket up. Wow, they uh, they absolutely put him to the sword after half time. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we we spoke about it obviously uh, yesterday or Monday. I think it was. You know, I think it's probably one of the best wins of the year that we've seen. Um, you know, for the chaos that went on um, pretty much all through the week, but definitely on the on the lead up to the match has been well spoken about. You know, both teams losing players late, um, and Sydney having to bring in uh, three players that had played the day before. So it's an extraordinary thing during. COVID. It's an even bigger win, isn't it? Yeah, and then to go down by six goals after the Giants had kicked seven in a row to start with, you're entitled to say, "Listen, this is not our week. Uh, too much has gone against us, and we'll play on next week." But for a team to dig in the way they did... Proper grit, yeah. Proper grit. And, and geez, they dominated, didn't they, late? It was a real comprehensive win. And, um, you know, we haven't even spoken about Sydney too much, haven't bought into them, uh, and probably haven't given them their due rights. So I think I think uh, Longmire is probably front-runner for Coach of the Year at the moment. What he's done with their club, uh, coming from 17th last year, now sitting just outside the top four. I'm not saying that they can win the flag. Mm. It'd, be, it'd be an unbelievable effort, and I think they'd have to beat a lot of history to get that done. 
Um, but their side is going near as good as anyone right now, and that was that was an amazing win. It's been done to death in the uh, the review shows. First crack uh, on the couch. Has sides figured out the D's? Yeah, they're still battling a bit. The D's aren't they? Um, their record against the top sides can't be questioned. Um, and they're you know they now played four games against sides I think twelfth or lower uh, for three losses and a draw. So. If I'm a Melbourne supporter and I'm within the Melbourne camp, I'm a bit worried um, that I, I just think either is it experience at handling the pressure at the top or um, complacency, I'm not sure. Um, but to not put away these really bad sides, if you're going to win a premiership, um, I'd have I'd have lingering doubts at the moment. And I think other top sides now when they come up with it, I think that'll be good ammunition for them. Yeah, I didn't like the way, I think it was Clayton Oliver come out and said, oh, we played better against the good sides. Well, yeah. you need, I think he's a bit bit far ahead of himself there. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. A long way. Yeah. I think the way, I don't know, the way we've spoken about it is that Melbourne are kind of walking around with the mentality of Richmond without actually have done anything yeah. at the moment. And normally sides on the way up who need to prove themselves, and Melbourne's definitely in that camp, you, you've got to see the hunger all the time. Mm. And and I see Melbourne walking around a bit like Richmond, almost like they're coming off a couple of flags. Yeah. And they kind of walk around and say, well, we don't need to beat the bad sides. We'll get it done at the business end. So that kind of concerns me. And that's been the doubt over Melbourne. And we haven't bought into Melbourne. I still think they'll finish near the top. It's going to be hard to beat. They've got, they've got the players to get it done. Um, whether that extra couple of percent mental to get it done at the business end is still going to be the concern and the worry. Mm. It's a funny one. I've spoken to a couple of ex-players and they've said that one of their favourite teams to knock off are Melbourne because they rate themselves so highly, and that's, that's so bizarre for this, year, for this year or no, just in the, in last, the past? No, in the last couple of years. They've always had a big opinion, and they they carry on a bit, and a, bit, yeah. a fair bit of lip on the field as well. Right. I was staggered given yeah. they haven't really done anything. No. Well, they've done nothing. Mm. Not not done anything. They haven't done, <laughs> haven't done anything. Like it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it I could would, be a culture thing. Well, when you haven't achieved anything for a long time, it's it's inbuilt. And Richmond had to overcome that many years ago, didn't they? Um, of sheer disappointment. You see other teams go through it. St Kilda get near the top, couldn't get it done. Um, yeah, I, it's a it's a worry for me if I'm Melbourne. And don't worry about the other top teams come finals. Um, they'll use that against Melbourne. Um, they're setting themselves up for a fall because they've got to outwardly project that their, their sole goal is to win the premiership and be 100% hungry for it, and I just don't get that impression. Mm. Let's have a quick look at the bookie wrap. As we said, uh, five out of nine favourites won, and uh, the line, there was only the favourites just fell in, three out of nine covered, and the totals, as we said, seven out of nine at 78% there. Uh, the Sting, you went okay. The Geelong line, the over. The Kangas Essendon game was good for you, and uh, you, but you missed out on the Gold Coast Western Bulldogs. Strange week for the plungers, as we said. Frio, Geelong, not even close. Brisbane, Richmond, not even close there. Uh, St Kilda flipped on Port, and then Collingwood flipped on favourite on Carlton. That was a, a game that I was very keen on Carlton, and you were very keen on on Collingwood. Yeah, I got it right, but I'll yeah know, for for half the game it was looking very shaky. And, Pies missed a lot of opportunities early. They should have been multiple goals in front or they'd cost themselves. Yeah. And yeah, it, was, it was like a tidal wave, Carlton finishing over the top of them. Yeah, we've seen it plenty of times this year, and the swings have been crazy. Mm. We just spoke recently about the uh, the Giants are up six goals on Sydney and get done comfortably. Collingwood were up 24 points, complete domination of the game, uh, and, and, and also get soundly beaten in the end. They weren't just beaten. They were put away. 
um, by Carlton. So, yeah, some of the plungers, and, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure whether it's the bookies pushing hard, uh, you know, with the market. Sometimes it's a fight to the bottom. Obviously, mm. obviously you see it a lot in the totals with weather and stuff like that. Um, the Geelong plunge on Thursday night was extraordinary on Frio. Um, on, you know, we've spoken about that. The the Brisbane um, one against Richmond, which you could understand a bit, uh, Richmond coming off four straight losses, but... Yeah, that went amiss, and yeah, two favourites flipping. Uh, both didn't get the job done. So, um, yeah, it was it was a bookies week for sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a chat about the uh, the sting in the tail. There's this COVID chaos that's definitely not going anywhere. They're talking about banning food and drink at the games, so we we, we stop. You don't have to fork out ten bucks for a, a bucket of chips, and you have to have designated zones to go to the bathroom and all this stuff, and it looks like it's going to go back to just crazy caps. It's nearly just why would you bother going to the game? I think I've gone once or yeah. or twice in two years, and the MCC have given a thirty percent discount, but it's you know racing's got the same problem. I yep. think they're uh, they're they're struggling with their memberships, but uh, yeah. what are the the players need the se- the season to go on, and I think the entertainment factor. They're getting the rails run. They're getting the information early from the government. There's no doubt, despite what Dan yeah. Andrews and other premiers will tell you, they do get the um, the yeah. heads up. They're part of the boys' club. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, definitely a different set of rules, but the players need to be a little bit smarter. Uh, <laughs> staggering to think, and like, there's one thing to have a life outside of football and enjoy yourself and be normal, but there's a lot of not normal things happening for a lot of people you can't go to the gyms you can't a lot of people can't work small businesses are, like, are absolutely crushed they've got kids homeschooling all this different sacrifice yeah the afl need to pull their head, heads in a bit they're they're the sport brat yeah it's a, i think i think a bit it's a messaging coming across do you think like um you know whether the media is responsible for the way either the line of questioning or how they're cutting up their stories or how they're headlining them um, but the AFL do have a fair amount of control over the content that's put out on AFL across a lot of the media platforms. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're fans of football. We watch it, you know, uh, religiously. Um, and you know, during lockdown, it becomes even more important. But I think what you know, when you take a step back, and even if you're not a footy fan, you know, I, I think a lot of the discussion and when you see players get up there and and they're not buying in or, um, you know, they're being disparaging about, oh, this is tough or, you know, you don't understand it from our point of view. Well, I think that's a bit unfair in terms of, like, as you said, they get the inside running, they get well looked after. At the end of the day, they're getting uh, well paid to play a game of football. And they are away from their family and friends. But, geez, I tell you what, you you want to hear some of the stories, and, and we know some people as well, and it's not hard to find if you want to hear stories of people now going 18 months that can't get back into the country. Mm. Um, you know, and, and we've, you know, we've both, uh, you know, lived overseas, traveled overseas. I mean, I was away for 10 years myself in my job, um, on the other side of the world. So, you know, I speak from experience when you're away from, from your family and your friends. Um, and I understand 100% it's not easy, but you know, these guys aren't exactly traveling. You know, I mean, if you want to hear yearly stories of going on, speak Mm -hmm. to a pro golfer or speak to a pro tennis player. Um, you know, just to draw comparisons of professional sports. Of players being away, um, even you know, IPL, they're away for months. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're close to a few people that go to the IPL, um, you know, and 
and they were away for three and four months of their family and stuff. So for the AFL, um, you know, to say, oh, you know, and I understand it. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy, but Sydney have just been on the road a month now and they're getting applauded for the way they're going about it. Yet we get some other clubs, um, you know, and, and to bring it back to a point, you know, Richmond complained basically as a team about why do they have to travel to Marvel? instead of Richmond, uh, sorry, instead of the MCG, mm-hmm. um, because their fans don't want to travel, they don't like being there. I mean, that's the that's the opposite end of it. But, yeah, I just I just think everyone's got to buy in as part of the AFL. Um, and to the, get it done, and, to get And the, the players are the lead point on this. You know, if their messaging is on point to say, you know, we don't mind making the sacrifice, we understand it is hard, everyone else is going through it, and we understand we, the enjoyment we bring to uh, everybody else who watches our game, and the fans at the end of the day, pay their wages. Yeah, Whichever exactly. way they yeah. want to look at it, um, you know, they, they've got to give back automatically and be a little bit uh, less about themselves, in mm. my opinion, at mm. least on the outward projection into the media world. That's my take on it. Would you have gone to the rugby and sat in the crowd if you were an AFL player? No, of course not. We're almost like we're doing the shows. We're basically isolating on a week-to-week basis. I think I, I come yeah. into the office, I go home. I, there's not not nowhere else that I can really go or, or do anything. So yeah. it's it's a bit a bit like Groundhog Day, but yeah, the but AFL players, yeah, a large percentage of people are living. They need to be that existence all the time. Mm. Um, and you know uh, we don't have the platforms to either uh, complain about it or explain our processes either. But you know um, we know we know a few restaurant owners. I mean, you know, if you want to speak about problems, hospitality, mm. um, you know, our business is not necessarily affected, and we need AFL going and, and, and rugby league. And not, you know, our sport needs to keep going as long with racing. Um, but yeah, listen. At the end of the day, going into last week, they had six weeks left, and if you're in finals, you potentially had up to ten. Now, if an AFL footballer and the team and the AFL can't sit down and say, listen, this is not a sacrifice, let's look at it as a challenge, yeah. put a positive spin on it and say, you know, we want to take it on. You know, I saw uh, Papley from the Swan spoke spoke really well about um, just the bond and everything that they had and they don't see it as an imposition. They just want to go forward and get the job done. And I just think if all clubs bought in for that, then the positive energy they put out into the public they won't get the, the negative feedback and they won't feel that pressure mm. um, that seems to go on. So, yeah, I, I think it's a bit disappointing. And for the players to say they were unlucky going to the, the rugby, well, you know, there's... You've got to make your own luck. There's an old saying, if you put yourselves in difficult situations, the outcome can be bad. So, um, you know, I, I think you just got to play smart, dig in for the next little bit. And and you got to remember, 10 teams are done in five weeks now. Yeah. So, you know, but they need to they need to live under the same that the finals because all games need to be finished with integrity of the season. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. There's no guarantee given the way the uh, the state of politics and COVID chaos is uh, engulfing the AFL at the moment. Let's uh, let's put a bit of a positive spin and lighthearted look on uh, Mark's all-Australian team. I think we've done it, uh, what, five or, or six weeks ago, and yeah. that's a long time in football, and we've got the graphic up on the screen now, but I'll read it out from the back line, and then I'll just continue to uh, put shit on Mark <laughs> for the next uh, two or three minutes. So from the back line, he's moved Tommy Stewart from a back flank to the black back pocket. Not sure he's going to play on there. Andrews is uh, fullback. May, Mills, Weedering, and Dale across the, uh, the half back line there. So Dale's an in. 
Callum Mills uh, is injured at the moment, but uh, McCluggage has come off the bench uh, with Parrish also and Jackson McRae. So he's starting to uh, agree with me. <laughs> Half forward line, Petrarca, Hawkins, Bontempelli. Good to see he got rid of Tex, who's uh, another one who's been battling injury. Fritch, probably a little bit lucky there. Big Harry. Uh, he's absolutely on fire at the moment. Uh, Zach Bailey goes into the side. Maxi Gorn, Oliver and Wines in the rucks. Uh, Took Miller seems to be the flavour of the month for most people at the moment. Uh, Steele, Sam Walsh and Lyons. And uh, on the pine there you've got Tommy Mitchell and Merritt. So Starsevich has got the chop from the uh, the Bears, the Lions. Yeah, basically brought in uh, Dale from the Bulldogs um, to replace Starsevich. He hasn't done too much wrong, but... Obviously, just to set up the team, push Tommy Stewart a bit deeper in the back line and uh, more run off the half-back flank with uh, Dale. Mm-hmm. Walsh to the bench is uh, an interesting one. And then Tommy Mitchell uh, has been Basil brushed. A bit of Kane Corns about you? Uh, no, Tommy... He's, I think he's going all right. Tommy, well, you didn't even have him in your first one when I listened to him last time. He said, how would you put Tom Mitchell in? Uh, you know, you, you'll see come Brownlow night when he finishes close to the top ten that, yeah, maybe maybe be close to the All-Australian team. Um, no, I just think the uh, – listen, the form of Tuke Miller, um, very good. Walsh, Walsh has to go in somewhere. I still don't have him on my starting team. And uh, my new Smokey for the Brownlow, which we put out the tip, I think, two weeks ago on steel for some St Kilda – is uh, when they talk about Walsh finishing hard, Steele's last month of football is better, in my opinion, and he will pour, get more votes than Walsh in the last month. So the bench is pretty strong at the moment, and, you know, there's some shuffling around. You're not picking many holes in it, so... Oh, well, Dusty, you've, Dusty's got the kidney issue. Yeah. Uh, he's gone. Jack Darling, you've finally seen the light. West Coast are ordinary. <laughs> no, well, Haw- Hawkins is obviously uh, making his move, and I think... Uh, McKay only gets – well, I mean, he is the Coleman leader, so by default you normally – you know, if you win the Coleman, you get the full forward of the All-Australian, but Jack Rewalt's coming pretty hard as well. The two big boys in the Coleman uh, starting to shape up. I know they're going to give 10 goals start with five to go, but uh, I'm hoping one of them can still run him down. And the astronaut, you still hate Aaron Norton? Just because uh, he kicks a couple of points. Takes a million marks, <laughs> key to the Western Bulldogs, but you still can't find a spot for him. Best well, in half forward. He's missed a few games. Um, and he's, play, he's played some average ones as well. So um, listen, you can have Norton. You can have Norton in your side. Uh, I'm not sure how many others would have him in, but uh, you're a fan. Maybe if he goes on and wins the flag for the Bulldogs, uh, he might find a spot at the, oh, end. At the end of the year. Well, well, we'll come out the week before it's announced, and we'll put our final submissions in. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll run a little comp. We'll put yours up as well. We'll just see who gets who <laughs> who gets the more selections out of the two, and uh, you know, we'll have a bottle of goose on it or something. Jamara, he's... Are you going to stick him in the All-Australian well, team I don't know. I think, well. he, I think he's settled in nicely at game number two. He's starting to, to look the part a bit. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't sack him after round one. You've been waiting for him to play all year. Yeah. He played an absolute horrific Jonathan Brown-like first game. Um, but, you know, I, t- I, you know, I calmed you down. I said, listen, have a bit of patience. This guy could be anything. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we, we did toil, didn't we, with... Uh, uh, him kicking two goals and three goals on the weekend. We're He's the bookies the had their foot on him. It was sickening. And we did a quick scout around at the prices. I tell you what, the uh, the pricing on Yugo, they're not giving anyone no, a bet on those. They, they, some of the bookies are disgraceful in their odds. They've got to have a long, hard look. Um, you know, when teams are mostly kicking 10 or 12 goals and they've got five or six players, you know, spread around a dollar twenty, dollar thirty for any time goal, something's not adding up. So... Um, you know, I think punish should get around the bookies and just say, listen, bit of value, please. So we missed out in a bet there, but he's a good cheer. Um, 
Yeah, I think he's he's definitely an X factor, isn't he? Going into the the Bulldogs final, do you think they'll play him through now? Got to um, to the finals. Have to. They just need something different. Yeah, it's interesting with their setup going forward, especially when uh, Stephen Martin does come back into the ruck, which will allow English to go forward. They mm. can't play all four talls with Bruce and Norton. Um, so someone's going to have to miss out. And I don't know. I think if Eugle does perform. I think uh, Bruce might be the one in question. I know he's tough because he's, he's what he's about fifth or sixth on the goal, and he kicks bags. I can't. I, they, can't won't, play, they won't drop Bruce. You can't play all four. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be fascinating to see. Well, Jamari, your man must miss then, because English for structure takes a portion of the ruck, and the other three can't do that. So um, it'd be interesting setup. Mm, can't wait to see what happens. I think uh, astronaut might just play further up the ground. Yeah. Even though it's all a bit of a mess, it's not like uh, the good old days. We're going to uh, have a look at uh, round 19. There's five rounds to go in the home and away season. There's a massive fight on for seventh and eighth spot. We see the Tigers in ninth. We're going to talk NRL round 19. We'll give uh, Top Rope a little bit of stick about the origin. He zigged when he should have zagged. And we'll have a look and see uh, the Melbourne Storm. See what if there's any value left in the premiership uh, market. Looks a race in two. Uh, lock of the week. I want to sack it every week. We sort of we joke around the office and say, are we going to do lock of the week this week? <laughs> and uh, we keep coming back to it. So we're uh, well, Top Rope and I are struggling, but uh, we've got five weeks left to try and get to that magical 5K mark and should have just put it on Colin Morikawa. Would have got there nice and easily. If you're going to have a bet this week, make sure you check out one of our major sponsors, topsport.com.au. They are Australia's biggest betting bookie. They help us do the streams and we might even uh, get a, uh, a betting stream up and going. I don't think these uh, lockdowns are going to go anywhere soon. So if we can find a nice little race meeting with a dry track, we'll uh, we'll get a stream going with Top Sports. So make sure you check them out, grab an account. Uh, we'll take a break now and we'll come back and we'll preview the next round of AFL. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by the kid, MG, Marky Goodall, and we're going to start looking at this week's AFL. The first game we're going to have a look at is Carlton versus the Kangaroos, Saturday Arvo at the Dome. We've got the Blues 152, the Roos 255, and the line 11 and a half. My, uh, my first thoughts here is Carlton uh, should be a model. The way they finished <laughs> off against Collingwood last week, and they, they've just got this habit of, or they're starting to develop a habit of beating up the good sides. Beating the weak. Yeah, oh, sorry, the weak. Yeah, yeah um, you know, going through doing the form on this match, hardly inspiring coming up Carlton and Kangaroos, 13th v 18th on the ladder. Uh, and then you do your price and all of a sudden you go see the bookies post six, get you a bit of interest in the game. So, uh, you know, the lead bookie put out Carlton minus six and a half. Uh Early era, good Christmas present to start off the week, I guess. Um, got to get the job done, of course. It's going to be a brutal watch watching these two sides go at it. Mm. But what, yeah. pro- what have you got it at closer to? Uh, myself, my, I come up with 15 on Carlton. So um, generally any time you get outside kind of five or six point range, you're keen to bet. So, um, you know, as I said, it's going to be a tough watch. Um, but I just think, uh, you know, and Carlton, they've dropped off a bit, the model's uh, the last probably three to four weeks on Carlton, you know, remember yeah, the um, throughout the year yeah. been very dominant on Carlton. We couldn't understand a few plunders and they were becoming our favourite side to back against. Um, 
but you know, you, you do your price before you see the market, and you come up with a, a fair difference. Um, so we sent out the sting early at the minus six and a half. Uh, the market's been quite aggressive in the in the last two days moving. So now, um, you know, I think the bottom's twelve and a half, and I think the I think one of the betting joints has now gone to fifteen. Yeah, already. Um, so we, which I think I think it's about its ceiling. Um, I think comfortably two goals, Carlton are a better side. Whether they get the job done for us is uh, we'll wait and see on Saturday. It's interesting. Now that there's no crowds, the roof gets shut. Yeah. But if there's a crowd there, yeah. the roof's open Yeah. because of signs. It's funny, isn't it? But <laughs> the total here, I think it's about 165. Yeah. I expect no tackles. I expect this. They can both put on scores, and I, th- I think this would be free-flowing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to double invest <clears> in the game. I'm not going to disagree with your theory either. Um yeah, there could be some could be some drop offs in this game for sure, mm. um, and yeah, I, I think it will be free flowing. It's whether these teams can actually kick enough goals instead of points might come down for the total. But uh, if I had a choice between the two, I'm on Carlton the minus. Yep. Okay. The next game we're going to have a look at here is West Coast versus St Kilda, and it's uh, late in the afternoon at Optus. Uh, the Eagles one forty three, St Kilda two eighty five, fifteen and a half. I know that you love West Coast or you've had a bit of a love affair. They've, they've treated you poorly. They've batted you a little bit all year. I look at that line and I think Saints are a little bit of a, a, little bit of a bet at that plus. I think it's okay given how, how bad or how much of a yo-yo team West Coast are. But Have you seen St Kilda? No, they're, 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 <laughs> they're exactly the same. Yeah, this is um, – oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, this is uh, – it's a tough game to get involved in, I think. Personally, I think the the price is about right around that that 14, 15, 16 mark uh, for a line. So if you're betting, I don't think this will travel too far. Um, Kennedy comes in for West Coast, which is um, you know a big in, and Shuey is in some doubt, which will be a big loss. They don't actually offset because of what they bring to the table. The big loss for St Kilda, which if you're betting, I, I, is the reason why I'm going to lean to West Coast, but mm. there's not confidence and we haven't put it out as a bet is that they've lost Marshall in the ruck. And the statistics for, and just the way they play, St Kilda, when they don't have both Ryder and Marshall in the side, they're just not the same side. Um, so, you know, St Kilda um, going over to Perth. Mm, you know, a lot of pressure on Ryder. West Coast at home. This is a mini final for both sides. Definitely an elimination game for St Kilda. Uh, they have to virtually win out their last five to play finals. Uh, so that they are all in, all or nothing. Um, but make no mistake, this is the final for West Coast as well. They can't afford to drop this game at home as well with their run home. So um, I think the market's about right. If you're going to have a bet, I'd shade West Coast just because they're at home, Kennedy back, uh, and St Kilda without Marshall. Okay, you've turned me off. I'm, uh, I'll probably let it go. Melbourne play the Western Bulldogs in what is match of the round Saturday night at an empty MCG. The D's are 185, the Bulldogs 195, the line at one and a half, 1v2. Fascinating yeah, awesome. contest. You've got a real defensive outfit in the D's and then you've got this potency and different scoring options for the Western Bulldogs. I think uh, the matchup is is pretty good, but we saw last time at the dome. Yeah, seven weeks ago. Feels like feels a lot longer, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it's only <laughs> I know. It felt like a long time ago. But yeah, yeah it's actually only seven weeks ago that they played. Oh, it's COVID time warp. I, they, the Western Bulldogs were going extremely well, and Melbourne were going a lot better. But uh, they, were, they they sort of blitzed them last time. They did for memory the D's. Yes, they did. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer. At, uh, Despite going to Melbourne's home ground, yeah. Well, I think um, you know 
certainly not having a crack at Beveridge, the uh, Bulldogs coach here, but he got out-coached <laughs> completely or his game style was inadequate to get the job done last time. Uh, Melbourne absolutely brained him. They won it from the defence. Lever and May took about 20 marks between them uh, and the Bulldogs, for whatever reason, uh, went into that match thinking the game plan of let's kick it up for Norton and Bruce to get the to get our goals would work. Um and, you know, so hopefully they've learned, uh, they've watched the replay. Uh, I watched it again recently and the game plan um, was flawed. So, you know, the game plan, I believe, if I was in the coach's box for the Bulldogs, is they should uh, get their fair share of the midfield. Uh, they run deep. Um, Liberal will be back this week. Is that, you know, you've got to lower your eyes. Go quick, get the ball in. And the forwards have got to help out the midfields by getting on the lead. Um, you know, so Norton, Bruce, these guys have got to come at their midfielders. Um, and when you're running out to blokes like Bont and McRae, I'd be on my bike as a forward as well. And that will expose Lever and May because they want to sit back, they want the ball in the air. So I think that's the ga- where it'll be won or lost. It'll be in uh, Bulldogs forward 50. And if they play discipline and they move the ball fast with precision, um, I think it'll be a different outcome. I-, I-, I shade the Bulldogs. I know Melbourne are just favourites at the moment. I don't think the betting will change too much. Um, but yeah, if I was going to have a bet, I'd probably be looking for Bulldogs, say around the one to twenty-four margin, and a bit safer the one to thirty-nine for mine. Mm, it's going to be a fascinating test for Melbourne to see if they lift and they get up for this this good side, as yeah, we mentioned earlier. Yeah. I think Melbourne's last five weeks have been very much up and down, but they, you know, their record against the top eight sides this year have been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and you know now they've come out in the media and they've kind of, uh, you know, as you said before, I think you mentioned with Oliver. It puts a bit of pressure on Melbourne now because they kind of sit back and now have to put the pressure on themselves to beat the top size to yep. get the job done. If you're going to drop uh, poor games to Collingwood and draw to Hawthorne, um, you know, so this will be this is a big test for Melbourne as much as it is for the Bulldogs. So it'll be a fascinating match, and you know, I'm sure everyone will tune in, and I'm looking forward to it. Not a betting option, but if you like it, Bulldogs at the margins. Grand final preview. Uh, yeah, no complaints with how the game would be played if it was. Um, you know, and they're going to go close to finishing one and two at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it could be. It'll definitely be a form form game going in uh, once the final start. Okay, Geelong versus Richmond is the next game we're going to have a look at. The Cats, $1.38. Richmond, $3.15. And the line, 16 and a half. If you take out last week's Richmond win, if they did get up for Rewalt, you'd say that Geelong were immoral. Correct. Yes, I do. And the line would be four to five goals. Okay. No Martin's the key here. Yes. To talk about the match for more than 10 seconds. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you made a grand statement. I was just agreeing with it. You know, you come out very forceful. I uh, didn't think I had to follow up too much. Yeah, Asprey yeah. out. Yeah, Asprey's, uh, I don't think he's been confirmed, but he obviously sat on the bench. Uh, they definitely lose Martin, obviously massive. We don't need to speak about that, how much he means to him. And McIntosh is, is, is a loss as a runner. Um, and Asprey is a question mark. They may get more than likely Edwards had come back in. He's not a replacement for Martin, but uh, you know he's 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 a very good player. Um, yeah, I just I just think you've got to uh, not ignore last week for Richmond, but I, I'm a big believer they they did make a concerted effort to get up for Rewalt, and he obviously played out of his skin. Whether they back it up, um, you know, I I just think the way Geelong are going, they've won nine out of their last ten now. I think their only loss was to Brisbane, Brizzy, which they, yeah. they did get beaten, but you can't keep winning all the time unless you're Melbourne Storm. And Brisbane blitzed them that night. 
Yeah, they did. Um, but other than you, t- you know, you, you take out that game from Geelong, and they're the they're the most informed team in the comp. Um, coming up against a Richmond without Martin, and then you see, you know, the the line of sixteen uh, is probably not too bad. Um, and and I think there will be some money for Richmond on the back of that. Um, non betting game for me, um, but I think if anyway, if anything, the market will move Geelong's way. So. I think if you want to back Richmond, I think you get the best price on the on the day, uh, yep. um, and I'm sure there'll be no shortage of money for Geelong. And if you like Geelong, I'm not going to talk you out of it because I, I, I just think they're they're going really well, and I don't want to be on Richmond without Dusty Martin in the team. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree. I think uh, Geelong will just be too mentally tough, and they've just got too many uh, options and guns mm-hmm. for a, a Richmond side that just takes their uh, their mind off the job, and they're just a bit uh, flimsy for mine. Let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the futures market now. Let's uh, let's look at the Premiership betting odds, courtesy of Topsport.com.au, and no surprises at the top of the table here. Well, a little bit. Cats four dollars twenty, Western Bulldogs four forty, the D's five dollars, Brisbane Lions seven, the Swans I think they're around twelve dollars into nine, Port Adelaide nine fifty, the Tigers seventeen dollars, West Coast thirty one, and the Bombers mm-hmm. inside the eight fifty one dollars. I'm surprised Cats are favourite. Yeah, you've been opposing them all year. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, you don't like the Cats at all. No, they're just too slow. You've never in my given opinion. Them a chance all year. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I they're just too. I think they're they're too slow versus sides like the the Bulldogs, the D's, and to some aspects, probably prior to Hipwood's injury, the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, right, their speed worries me, um, and they just seem to be a bit too defensive and go into their shell. They can turn it like they'll turn it on, but they're not a side that I could go to war with at four dollars twenty. Yeah, fair enough. At the MCG. Yeah. So if who, it's a wet day. There, there, there'd be a chance. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, with 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 the futures at the moment, it's uh, you know it's hard to bet with absolute confidence whether you like a team or not. Just the fact that um, we don't know where the finals are going to be played. Yeah, it could and be. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the way we're tracking, um, we won't know until actually week to week within the finals, mm. which makes it even worse. And you know, so it's hard to advise people or even invest. You know, with with confidence, I guess. Um, you know, to any side because what happens if the finals are played in Perth or Adelaide or Brisbane? Mm. We just don't know at this stage, um, which which will advantage some sides and, and won't for others. So, um, yeah, I mean, the premiership market, to tell you the truth, hasn't changed too much all season. We kind of indicated that early. Sydney's the only one, um, you know, that's been kind of, uh, you know, that wouldn't have been in that bracket, I guess. Yeah, they look under the odds at $9. They've been amazing. Um, yeah, I, I don't think too many people are jumping into Sydney at nine dollars. Um, you know, um, bookies have got to keep a result, so that's probably why they've got their their foot on them. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're they're uh, a big liability in their book because they've come from from big odds. Uh, and normally, uh, for a bookmaker, when you lay something that comes from outside, um, not not that good. The liability is not great, um, but it always looks worse than it is because multis will even up. You know, people yeah, will they'll, take they'll wash through the favourites. Yeah, and they hung on for Richmond round. for a long time. Um, you know, it's seventeen dollars Richmond. I don't think too many people are lined up to back Richmond at seventeen dollars. They wouldn't get you, Scooty, for sure. Um, you know, they're they're well unders. Um, you know, without Martin for the rest of the year, they just can't win the flag. Mm-hmm. So seventeen dollars is is a crazy price, but they're just not going to let them out because of the amount of exposure they do have. 
if they do turn it around, they've been burned a couple of times as I'm, well. I'm so. glad you got that off your chest. You no. finally said Richmond can't win the flag. Let's have a look at uh, the oh, Brownlow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I'm not Dicko. <laughs> uh, the Brownlow medal winner, Marcus Bontempelli, is $2.40 favourite here. Ollie Wines, $4.20. Very exposed now, Ollie. Darcy Parrish, my man, $6.50. Petrarca, $7.50. Sam Walsh, they knew. Into $8. They've had their foot on him all year. Clayton Oliver, $8.50. Jack Steele, the market mover here, $9.50. Jackson McRae, $10. Zach Merritt, $21. And Cam Guthrie, $23. And my man, Tommy Mitchell, he's at $31 here. Bontempelli, is he keep on? It's $2.40. Seems a little bit short, a little bit lean there. He, um, yeah, we, we, I think we hinted Did he get last, a vote last week? I think we hinted last week. Yeah, yeah, he was in the votes, yeah. He, um, he, listen, all the media's come out and said he's a nailed on three for last week. Uh, a key component to the game is the amount of times he, he turned the ball over. His disposal efficiency wasn't great. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure he's an absolute certainty for the three. Uh, he'll definitely get votes, but... You know, you'll be able to mark down round 18 when we come to our Brownlow uh, discussions at the end of the year and we put out a pretty comprehensive report for the Sting followers that, um, you know, this is a big moving week round 18. There was a lot of players that are at the top end, um, you know, along with the Bont, the Wine, Wine's got a three. Um, in the game where uh, um, Melbourne played, I think Oliver, Betrucker and Wines are, are probably filling the three. Um, Steele was unbelievable. Walsh for the Walsh followers, um, you know, he got a nailed on three as well. Um, and there was also Mitchell, Merritt and Parrish. Mm, so um, all the big guns So, collected. yeah, pretty much no one missed. So, you know, you kind of say, depending on what order, not much change. So I think I understand why the Bont's so short, um, but you can't be jumping him at this price. I, I think this Brownlow right now is more open than people think. Um and you know, we, without giving too much away, and, we'll, and we'll, we will stop talking about the Brownlow a bit in the in the lead up to the end of the year. Now, oh, will not, we? Oh, not to give too much away. <laughs> yeah, I've got to keep pointing up my sleeve. Like, I'm 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 starting to get a bit excited to th- this Brownlow shaping up to be better than most people think. It's not a one horse race. Now, I know I know we tipped up Bond at the start of the year. We're a big fan. We, we, we've got a pretty good book, but uh, you know, if they stop the Brownlow count now, I'd be surprised if he's the winner. Wow. Okay, let's have a look at uh, the Coleman Medal, and this is a book that we it doesn't look good for us. We've been uh, suggesting to lay Tex and Big Harry McKay all year, and now uh, Big Harry's a dollar fifty favourite here, and we're hoping someone blouses him. Tom Hawkins seven dollars, Jack Rewalt eight fifty, the Texan nine fifty, Joshy Bruce. Maybe dropped, says uh, Mark Goodall, $12. Ben King, 14 <laughs> My Man Astronauts, $15. And much, much better the rest. But uh, Harry leads by 10 goals to Walker and Rewalt on 42 Bruce and Hawkins both back uh, $41. You think the best chances to run Harry down are Tomahawk and Jack Rewalt? Not only did I have to... Uh sit through you cheering home Carlton <laughs> uh, when I had a few few dollars on Collingwood. I also had to see Mackay go and kick four goals in the last quarter after not sniffing the ball for the first three <laughs> quarters. Um, yeah, disaster. I mean, you know, we, we said the big boys would make a run at some stage and, you know, we got to see a performance, uh, you know, the 300th by Jack Rewell, kick six, Tommy Hawkins come out and put on a display and we said we're in this. You know, Mackay's finally on the drift and he gets four cheap goals in the last <laughs> quarter against Collingwood. 
Um, now to find the leader by 10. We've just got to go down with the ship here. Yeah, um, we're going to get it wrong, I think. Yeah, we're going to miss. <laughs> Listen, 10's, 10's a massive lead with five rounds to go. Yeah, huge. Um, and if you're fresh into this, I'm sure plenty of people taking the dollar fifty <laughs> in every multi. We, we, we can't change. We're just going to have to go down with a ship, um, you know. And oh, I just can't believe this guy's hanging on. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not a pot for him, you know, per se. I just think uh, he'll be. Uh, he's an average Coleman win, win a medal in, you know, if he, he gets a result. And I'm just hoping that uh, one of the big boys, Jack or Tom who have both won Coleman's before, uh, can muscle up the last five weeks and run him down. But they're going to have to be good to get him from here now. Mm, I think uh, the modellers will be all over Big Harry. And if you're uh, looking to build a racing model, punningform.com.au, you can get the raw data off them or you can contact them and those guys can help you uh, build a model. They'll put you in charge or they'll put you in touch, sorry, with uh, some IT professionals and they can help you build a racing model. So make sure you check out punningform.com.au. If you want uh, more of Mark's help on the betting, uh, you can get the rest of his AFL stings for $60 and we'll also give you access to his uh, Brownlow medal stuff. So make sure you check out that in the coming weeks. We'll start to open up a uh, a Brownlow medal package for people uh, just tuning in now. We'll take a break and then we'll come back with some uh, NRL and some Hall of Fame with our favourite man up north in Orange, now in COVID lockdown, Top Rope Tedeschi. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG, and it's time to uh, hook up our unrestricted free agent, Top Rope Tadeshi. Here he is. Hello, team. I am all in, Little Birdie. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever not? Uh... No, that, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. It's a uh, great time of the year. And a little hat tip to start the show, Colin Murakawa, money, money, money. I even got the staggers and I tried to trade out in the last round and I said, what do I do, Top Rope? Who do I uh, who do I trade out with and who do I have my best results going? He said, mate, you've got to stick with Colin and you've got to stick with Jordan Spieth and uh, you absolutely nailed it. Louis, he's just a perennial choker, isn't he? He just does not have the bottle. I feel sorry for the guys who kept following him because... They're kind of right, you know, like every time, I think Big Daddy's sit here a few times, and there's been some other good judges. They're right, like he is over the odds at, at the price he starts, and you're always in contention. That's the thing with golf being, you know, like I, I've been trading a fair bit out because you just can't get over the line. Like the bloke has never won on American soil. He hasn't really won much since he won the, the um, 2010 Open Championship. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, for such a likable guy, it's, it's pretty unfortunate, but that's, I think, uh, uh, seven or eight uh, top top five finishes in majors but since his last win. So uh, tough. But, yeah, Morikawa, that was an easy, easy watch, to be honest. Uh, aside from the front nine on Saturday, uh, it was cruising. Front. And now the first uh, first place since Bobby Jones to win two majors in his first eight starts. Uh, first bloke ever to win uh, two majors at his debut start in seven majors. So, uh, incredible achievement. Now uh, going for the gold medal in a couple of weeks. Jordan Spieth went through a very hot run, maybe know, five, six, eight, ten years ago. Could have been 15 years ago. I've got no idea. COVID time warp has just <laughs> absolutely fried my melon. And the only way I'm getting through it is betting. But this guy looks like the new ATM machine. I know Ram is on fire and he looks dangerous in every major along with Brooks Kepka. But this Colin Morikawa, he's just the new grouse, isn't he? Uh, he is because when you're a good ball striker, you just put you just give yourself so many opportunities. And 
I don't think there's any question he's the best ball striker in the world. And I also kind of had an interesting take on him. Morikawa is not a reliable putter. He's far from it. But what he does do, he's not consistently mediocre. He's not consistently average. He gets real hot and real cold. So uh, if he can then marry up that great ball striking with the hot putting, and he obviously had that on the weekend. Whenever he kind of input on within six feet, he was draining some long putts. Uh, you know, it, it lends itself to, to, to success. So this guy in his first 45 yeah, career starts has two majors at WGC. Uh, uh, I think five PGA Tour wins, you know, including those majors now. So uh, he, he's unbelievable. He's only young, uh, but his game lends itself to, to kind of being at the top for a long period of time, and it lends itself to success on a lot of different courses. You look at someone like a, a Bryson and where the game was going, even to a lesser degree, Rory. <laughs> it only it only lends itself to, to, to a certain number of courses, right? Like the, yeah. you're going to struggle on classical courses. You're going to struggle to yeah, link scope. You're going to struggle to adapt to certain conditions. Morikawa's game just travels. Morikawa can play that anywhere. A good ball striker will succeed anywhere. So uh, I, I think it's wonderful, and I, I was thrilled to see him. The downside is, though, we've had seven majors in the last uh, uh, 12 months. I am getting very, very sad that it's going to be a long time until we get our next major. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only downside. Yeah, we've got to come down from this a, result. A little bit of a holiday. Speaking of holidays, the Melbourne Storm are on holidays up at Noosa. Let's uh, let's check into the uh, the NRL Premiership market. Something we haven't looked at for a while, and no surprise, Melbourne Storm are into two dollars twenty. Looks a two horse race. Penrith Panthers three fifty. The Rabbits, my team, six dollars. Parramatta Eels ten dollars. Might be missing a zero. Manly Seagulls twelve dollars. The Roosters twenty six dollars, and the Milk fifty one. Top. I know you love Melbourne Storm, but let's talk about uh, the pack chasers, Penrith Panthers. Can they win it? Uh, no, well, I don't think anyone else can win it, to be perfectly honest. But um, if you're looking <laughs> at the, the, the chasers, Penrith are a clear number two there, and betting obviously suggests that. They've gone off the boil a bit the last few weeks, but they've got some injuries. You know, Nathan Cleary's not playing. Luai's coming back. When they get back to their best, they're, they're, they're the obvious threat. Uh, to the storm and probably the only team that could catch the storm on and off bail. I don't think South South can do it. They've got a horrible record against Melbourne historically. Been beaten, put on had fifty put on them a couple of times this year. So uh, don't think they can do it. Parramatta aren't really at that elite level yet. So uh, I think the storm. I think yeah, if I was having a bet, I would be steaming back into the storm again at the two twenty. But Penrith uh, <laughs> obvious. Oh, Tommy Turbo, Manly, a fluke as hope. Can Turbo yep. single-handedly do it? Absolutely. If one team is going to come out of the pack to, to, to win it at big odds, and uh, the team that, you know, we've seen it kind of a few times in the last decade, a team that just gets hot, the Cowboys made a grand final from eight years back, around in 2009, a few others. Uh, Manly can get super. I don't, I don't think they've got the depth to win. I don't think they've, they've really got the class to, to go with Melbourne. But Turbo on his day is unbelievable. They do have Daly Chair Evans, who hasn't been his best this year, but... They're a class player and they've got plenty of try scorers around them as well. They kind of play a relatively unconventional style that 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 might kind of get a bit of luck against Melbourne who who just swallow up teams who try to play the Melbourne Storm style against the Melbourne Storm. So uh yeah, I think I think Manly are probably the better value of the chasing pack. Okay, let's uh, let's quickly breeze through our Hall of Fame segment. Might be an easy one this week. Last week was sensational. England, uh, who finished second in the Euros, made the uh, made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it was it was an easy watch. It was Your an team. absolute uh, piss of that one. But uh, surely, just we just auto 
auto entry, Colin Morikawa, and he, he's probably going to be in there once every few months, isn't he? Yeah, no doubt. We're uh, all in Morikawa. It was uh, not only a great uh, result for him to win the uh, Open Championship and do it in relative ease, but it was a great result for the little birdie pod, podcast listeners too. I think uh, I think most most of the tipsters were on uh, Morikawa. We were we were pretty bullish uh, on him, uh, as well as kind of everyone being fairly anti Bryson as well. So it all kind of came to fruition <laughs> there. So uh, Morikawa. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, did it in a very I would you wouldn't you wouldn't really call it a super entertaining way, but a super easy watch. And as someone who also backed uh, JT Boston and watched him throw it away at fifties uh, a few hours after the Open Championship, the uh, the respect I've got for someone who can reliably hold a lead went through the roof. Mm. It was just yeah, it was it was a it was a cruising win. As soon as he leveled up to Louis on the last day, I went to bed. I had to homeschool on Monday, so I pulled the pen at about twelve thirty or quarter to one, and I thought, oh, I've got this absolutely uh, sorted here. So I'm happy to announce that Colin Morikawa goes into the Little Birdie Hall of Fame, and I'm sure he's going to be uh, a dual nomination. That is for sure. Thursday night rugby league up at Seba Super Stadium is what we're going to talk about next. Up at the Goldie there, Parramatta Eels one twenty one against the Raiders four sixty. The line forty. And a half, and there's been a nibble for the minus. The total's 49 and a half here. Top rope, how are we going to tackle this match? Yeah, jumping into the Eels here, a couple of reasons. Uh, Eels have been a sneaky good betting team this year. Uh, 13 and 4 against the spread this season, so it's a quite remarkable record. Second to only the Melbourne Storm. Very good as a big favourite, covered 10 of 12, uh, laying more than a converted try. But a couple of big outs here for, for the Raiders. Uh, I know the Eels have lost Mitchell Moses. Don't think it's a huge loss despite him playing origin. I reckon he is fairly one-dimensional. But Jack White and Gorn and young fullback Xavier Savage, who's been a start for these couple of games for the Raiders. That's put, that's put Jordan Ruffner back at fullback. He is awful these days. He is unquestionably <laughs> the worst fullback on the comp now. He's up there with one of the worst wingers. He can't catch. He can't play, mate. The Raiders are in for no points. Uh, I can absolutely give him a fair old touch-up this week. You uh, you always know where you stand with top rope Tedeschi, and that's probably why I like him. I love a straight shooter, and it's black, just black and white. Black and white. That's what that's what a punter needs. Just need to be told. Get in there, back him. <laughs> While we're on that uh, topic, top rope, did we bully you into the uh, New South Wales minus last week? Or yep. <laughs> I take no responsibility for that one. I felt sick about doing it at the time, and I felt a hell of a lot sicker at full time. He hasn't been able to wash it off in the shower either. He, he, he felt took, dirty. I took a big minus on Mitchell Moses and Jack White in the half in an origin. I, I felt dirty. <laughs> Uh, Friday night at 6 o'clock, Sunshine Coast Stadium. Looks a beauty there. Uh, home of the uh, the women's origin final. Sydney Roosters, uh, $1.27 against the Newcastle Knights, three ninety. Line, 11.5, and the total, 49.5. Ponga and Pierce, are they playing? Uh, Ponga, Ponga potentially playing has been named. Pierce not playing. So uh, I kind of did the former Monday... Kind of hoping to come into the Knights here if both of them were uh, named and playing, but uh, they are impossible to bet without Pierce and Ponga. Their last five without Pierce and Ponga, they have been held to 10 or fewer points. Their attack is non-existent without those two 
uh, combining. Uh, absolutely cannot have the Knights under any circumstances here. The Roosters have got a very good record. Uh, they've come 13 and 15 against uh, the 13 and 15 against Newcastle. Flogged them the last three times. They're pretty weakened here, the Roosters. I don't want to make a habit of getting onto them laying big minuses at the moment, but I'd rather be on. I'd rather be on the big minus here than the plus. That's for sure. Mm. We won't talk about the storm this week. We'll just assume that there are another auto bet. The next game that chips in, Mark says, you're just nodding. Yeah, it's a good holiday <laughs> fund he's building. It's a the market. The market's already moved again. Yeah, they just they zip off really does. quick. Yeah, they never yeah. get it right. They never get it right. We talk about this off air, but. They absolutely they, they, they go up at, at what they think is a big line. It's not even close to big enough these days. The storm the storm has scored more points through seventeen weeks than any team in Premiership history. But the first team in Premiership history to get to top forty points more than ten times. They've done it twelve times. There's still bloody seven rounds to go. There's an asterisk around that. It's a brand new game. No. It's unrecognisable the rugby league this year. But how, how many how many times uh, top row? I'm tipping the answer is zero. But has the market gone against Melbourne Storm this year? <clears throat> the only time the market has gone against Melbourne Storm when they've been key outs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when you've kind of seen like uh, you know there might be like three or four big names out like when Pap was named and, and Munster was out, all those kind of guys. It's moved a couple of points, but then generally shift back towards where it should be. And so still uh, to be honest. I'm, the, the depth has been so good at Melbourne this year. I've thoroughly enjoyed when the market's moved against Melbourne. It's been <laughs> tremendous. Just like, let's just go again. Take a short look. Saturday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium, Manly Sea Eagles uh, tackle the West Tigers. $1.13 Sea Eagles, 6.25 West, 18.5 the line, and 51.5 the over. And it started to move hard. I think they bet. Much better than that. $1.80 the over, $2 the under. Turbo back. Surely, surely, Manly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely rather be on Manly than the Tigers here and, and, and we'll be at the 18 and a half. But, well, that's a bet. You're not going to find a better a better over to bet this year than the Seagulls Tigers <laughs> game. 51 and a half. This, this, game will, this game will top 60 easily. These two have a history of high-scoring uh, uh, games. I think uh, 15 of the last 21 have gone over the total. Uh, the Manly are one of the most potent attacks in the competition, particularly against ordinary sides. The Tigers are a bottom four defensive side. So this has just got Manly scoring plenty in it. So I'll be backing the Manly team total over uh, as well. Uh, both teams are huge over teams. I think Manly 12 and 5, Tigers 11 and 6. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Suncorp, traditionally a very fast, flat track. Dick. Uh Look, Dick, I, I think we are looking at a, a big, big total here. The Tigers are in a huge over spot here off a bad defensive performance and a good attacking performance. Manly always go over the total off scoring 30-plus. Just just give me the over and give it a four plenty. What about the uh, the West Tigers uh, doco at the moment? What uh, what are your thoughts on that? And Any thoughts on uh, the CEO there? <laughs> Oh, yeah, a, 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 a few thoughts. I've got, I've got numerous messages, including from people within the game, who said they didn't realise David Brent was currently a CEO of uh, of, um, of an NRL team. So, uh, fair point. Uh, look, look, I'll tell you what. My dream of becoming an NRL CEO does not appear to be that far away if this is what qualifies you. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the, the, the coach has done... An extraordinarily good acting job of portraying himself as a soft, caring coach when he's generally known in rugby league as a hard ass. So 
he's done well. He's done well to convince the producers to portray him that way. Uh, and the Tigers are never winning a premiership with any of the players that are in this team. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough, uh, yeah. a rough few years at the West Tigers, hasn't it? Long suffering, a rough, a rough decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to all our uh, our close West Tigers mates. Uh, Sunday, uh, the get out stakes here. Canterbury Bulldogs play Cronulla at Seabus uh, again. Cronulla dollar twenty eight, three eighty. The Bulldogs and the line is a flat twelve at Top Sport with uh, one eighty five. The plus dollar ninety five, the minus there, and forty nine and a half the total here. If uh, everything goes poorly or we're absolutely filling up, how do we uh, press into this game on Sunday afternoon, top rope? I love that, uh, Scooty, because if we're going uh, poorly and need to chase, if we're going well and need to double <laughs> down, or if we're going about square and just need a bet, we'll find something. So there, there'll be no reason not to bet this game Feed hard. It. Um, <laughs> Actually, got a good little angle for you in this game, fellas, that I, I, I really like here. Uh, double digit favourites off a double digit loss over the last uh, four years, seven and 17 against the spread. Real bad spot here wow. for Cronulla. Uh, dogs have been sneaky good the last year. I know they've got, uh, they've got hammered 66 0 by the Seagulls, but there are a few excuses <laughs> in that game. They, they lost nine players with COVID and, and a, few other, a few other reasons. But. Uh, um, They've covered six of their last eight. They've covered big 20-plus starts against the Roosters and Rabbitohs. Lost both those games by single digits. The Sharks, only team this year to lose to both Canterbury and the Broncos. I think the plus 12 looks too big here. I'll be on the I'll be on the plus 12 and going reasonably hard. Probably probably as hard as I've gone at the Dogs all year this year. So uh, I think they're a, they're a decent bet this week. Well, there's a bit of hope finally uh, down at the Dogs. And uh, Pangai Junior is going to join the Fox. For next season, uh, you, you must be getting excited. Plenty of big names. Uh, no, Pango Jr. has been up if he's suspended, so I'm not that excited about him. But uh, <laughs> I am excited about, about Gus Gould. He's lost the plot mentally, sure. But Gus Gould joining the Dogs, because I know there's one thing Gus Gould does. There's one thing he does really, really well. It's sack coaches. And I cannot <laughs> wait for this Trent Barrett to be sacked. So I am all aboard the Gus train of going through the Trent's the next great coach. Trent will take this team to a premiership. Trent's a star. To see you, Trent, you're out. Let's go get Wayne Bennett. That's what I'm here for. There hasn't been enough coach sackings this year across both codes. It's been upsetting, hasn't it? It's always the downside. When you have a fill-up of the year and you have a feast of a year with five or six coaches get sacked, they're all first-year coaches. No one gets sacked the next year. It's a real yeah, It's a real, it's a real Monday, Monday come down, if you know what I'm talking about, Scooty. <laughs> All too well. It's, uh, it's hard to find one of those the, in these COVID times. But I'll tell you what is a come down is lock of the week. And we're trying to raise $5,000 for race.org.au. The boys in the bulldozer raised 10 k So we've got something in the bank. We're keeping our shorts on. We don't have to do a nudie run. But uh, hopefully we can get to that 5K mark. MG, you, uh, you landed a three-week treble. And probably you're the only reason this segment is still going. <laughs> I tell you, let's sack it every week just to save myself embarrassment. But uh, we've got close. Top Rope and I have sort of looked at the 3K mark a couple of times, had a little peep, and then uh, got whacked on the chin with a couple of disappointing sides. But uh, yeah, take top, us away. You got, I think you got a monkey in the kick. Top Rope was real stiff because if Melbourne Storm had played the week before, yeah, we would have had a 5,000 yeah, 5, yeah. in the kick off the back of his, uh, off the back of his uh, <laughs> other one. I should have so been able to shoulder up. I know. So he, he's 
<laughs> He's stiff to be back to the 200, but I'm confident we'll finish fuller running this year. So, uh, yeah, I've got uh, we got to 520 myself, so I'm going to stick with the three trebles uh, for the AFL. Carlton, West Coast, and Geelong comes out around the two two to one three dollar mark. So, 500 and change, we'll get it to about five fifteen hundred and fifty or something. So, if we can build this one, then uh, we get within earshot. Okay, top rope. <clears throat> oh, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm having a Melbourne Storm minus thirty and a half into the over fifty and a half. Three dollars fifteen. Three dollars fifteen. Yeah, stick with the strength. I like it. Mm. Uh, what am I going to do here? <laughs> it, uh... He's picking on the run. <laughs> what am I going to do <laughs> here? You're filthy that you didn't have Morikawa last week, aren't you? Well, a little bit. That's hey? that's sort of my sort of Hail Mary. It got you there. Yeah, it got me there. It would have got you there. Yeah, Your 200 would have got you six and change. Yeah, it would have got me there. You kept it for yourself. All right, I'm going to go back to uh, go back to basics here and just going to take Melbourne Storm minus 26 and a half into the total over 50 to one and a half. I'll go into top rope's okay. corner, 200 at 342. Yeah. I'll leave the AFL alone right. and I'll, uh, I'll just go up the fairway. Nice and nice and easy there. So Jeez. try and get to the seven hundred dollar mark, and Is then it, I'll launch next week. I, I need a bit more time up my sleeve. Sounds like this might be Melbourne Storm's biggest test, top rope. <laughs> Me on the back. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all climbing on board now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, outstanding stuff! All right, fingers crossed we can uh, get the job done for charity. And I think uh, Top Rope's got a little bit of news. We've got a uh, a new uh, rugby league only show coming uh, coming next week. Top right. Coming next week, uh, we've got uh, Through the Advantage Line uh, starting up next week. Uh, uh, shifting uh, shifting venues for, for regular listeners of uh, the old show, The Advantage Line. But uh, uh, we're bringing uh, Matt Fisk and Paul Mawadi into the Little Birdie Tent. So uh, we'll be talking uh, all matters of rugby league for uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, we'll be talking the big issues. We'll be giving out the best bets. Looking plenty in depth at the game and having a laugh at a couple of uh, true rugby league greats. So, uh, looking forward to that immensely, boys. Mm, yeah, top rope's going to uh, jump in the hosting chair out of Orange, so we're going to have a, uh, a standalone rugby league show. So, it's going to be uh, entertaining stuff for the rest of the NRL season, and uh, we'll reset for uh, next year after that. But can't wait for that. And the Olympic Games is going to start, and top rope with uh, Associated Friends. We're going to try and find as many Olympic game rorts as we can possibly find. So we're going to uh, launch that in the next uh, day or so. So if you want to bet on the Olympics and you want to bet the same action as we do, stay tuned for uh, the Olympics pack in the Little Birdie Shop. It'll be uh, very entertaining. Top Rope's already started to launch. He's found a couple of different rorts and uh, with with no crowds and just some funny business uh, going on. It's, uh, it's generally... Uh, a big advantage for punters because bookmakers uh, have to put up all this product and they don't monitor it that well, do they, MG? Yeah, yeah. I was just about <laughs> no, I was about to say, and we spoke to this off off uh, air just before that uh, the Olympics are generally a fill up for the punters, and you know, both having worked within the industry and also top rope as well, he knows how hard the Olympics are, and uh, it's very difficult to win. In, in many sports, being the bookmaker. It's a donation. Yeah, because there's very few that lead out and the most, the rest are happy to copy pretty much. So when when the lead markets get it wrong, it's a fill up for the punters and the punters know more. So um, definitely tune into Top Rope because uh, you'll look back after the two weeks and you'll be talking sports that you've never probably seen before. And, <laughs> you know, 
backing a marathon winner or a weightlifter <laughs> or badminton side or something like that. But uh, when the boogies get it wrong, we'll feast. Yeah, and the best thing is it's, it's futures betting, but there's only two weeks, so you get to collect futures bets in two weeks and the discrepancy Two weeks is max. Just, two weeks yeah. max, Judy. Two Couple weeks days max. Sometimes. We're looking at... It's beautiful. We're, we're hoping to collect in six hours. Mm. So make sure uh, make sure you tune into the Little Birdie Shop there. And as we said, standalone NRL show coming. So Little Birdie Podcast isn't going to go anywhere. We'll still have a, uh, a little dabble of top rope, but he's going to have his uh, rugby league podcast uh, on a weekly basis from now until the end of the season. So can't wait to see uh, through the advantage line. So stay tuned for that if you want uh, full throttle rugby league news. Make sure you check us out on uh, Apple, on Spotify, on SoundCloud. Uh, we're absolutely everywhere or just watch the show on our YouTube and we thank you for the support and good luck in lockdown. It is absolutely bananas out there. But uh, as we say, stay calm and keep betting. But uh, thanks, Top Rope. Good luck up in uh, lockdown in Orange and uh, they won't shut KFC, so you'll be sweet. He's still playing golf. Oh, it's not lockdown. <laughs> lockdown. I'm playing golf this afternoon. I've got nothing but time to do women's 49 kilo weightlifting format. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure how my life has changed that much to be perfect. <laughs> he loves lockdown. <laughs> Most punters do. All right, we're going to uh, wrap it up there and we'll uh, see you next week.